In Luke chapter 23, beginning with verse 32, we read the following from the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Two others who were criminals were led away to be put to death with him. And when they came to the place that is called the skull, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they cast lots to divide his garments. And the people stood by watching, but the ruler scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself, if he's the Christ of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you're the king of the Jews, save yourself. There's also an inscription over him. This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged railed at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you're under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we're receiving the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom? And he said to him, Truly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. It was now about the sixth hour. And there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour, while the sun's light failed, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Then Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. Now when the centurion saw what had taken place, he praised God, saying, Certainly. This man was innocent. And all the crowds that had assembled for this spectacle, when they saw what had taken place, returned home, beating their breasts. And all his acquaintances and the women who had followed him from Galilee stood at a distance, watching these things. This was a pivotal moment in human history. When God's Son died on the cross, for our sins. Something dramatic happened that day. Young Jewish men, especially self-styled revolutionaries as some believe Jesus to be, often died on Roman crosses. And it was tragic, but also tragically unremarkable. Except for Jesus' death on the cross. Because Jesus is God's son. Because Jesus wasn't dying as a rebel as a failed revolutionary screaming down curses on his captors and traitors, Jesus died as the sinless Lamb of God, a sacrifice for the wrongs that all of us, Jewish or Gentile, have committed. Jesus was dying to bear the burden of the wrong we've brought on this world and open a way for us to get back into God's presence. Something we see when a criminal is penitent and asks Jesus to remember him when he comes into his kingdom. And Jesus says, this day you'll be with me in paradise. Something that was seen when the temple's curtain there in the city of Jerusalem that separated the most holy place where God's presence was said to reside, where only the high priest could enter and only once a year to offer a sacrifice, was torn in two, tearing down that thing that kept 
people from God's presence, showing in a dramatic way how what Jesus accomplished allows us to be there with God. Something dramatic, something powerful happened when Jesus gave his life on the cross. And if you have participated in his death, if you've participated in his burial and his resurrection by giving your loyalty to him, naming him as your Lord and King, participating in that death, burial, and resurrection by yourself, dying to your sins, burying that old person in baptism and coming out of that water to live a new life full of God's presence every day in God's presence until eternity, then recognize the power of what Jesus did here when it comes to the things that you and I are hurt by, the sins that are committed against us, the painful things that we need to forgive. You see, what Jesus did here shows us a way forward, a way into the life that God always intended for us, and the way that Jesus did it is telling. Because for Jesus, what was possible that day became possible through prayer. With Jesus' dying breaths, he was praying. And the prayers we see here, they weren't long, they weren't complicated. I imagine as he hung on that cross, they were labored. He struggled to get the words out. Yet Jesus prayed. Even while they were hurting him, he prayed because he wanted God's will to be done. That's what we should want too. If when we're hurting, if when we're struggling, we're praying for God's will to be done. We're seeking. Even when we don't have the words, just wanting him to help us do what needs done, wanting those around us to be able to experience his mercy and kindness the way he wants them to, will look so much different from how people normally react when they've been hurt. And it'll have an impact. It'll have an impact when with our words in those moments of pain, we're not just trying to make our point or we're not just trying to win an argument or we're not trying to get the people around us to feel bad the way they're making us feel bad, but instead we're just speaking scripture. Do you realize that? Jesus' last words as Luke was inspired to record them here, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. That's actually scripture. That's a quote that comes from Psalm 31. Jesus reached back to something his ancestor David was inspired to write a thousand years earlier, and that gave him a way to express himself in his pain. And we can do that too. When our focus is on doing what God wants done, when our focus is on trying to be like him, even when we hurt, when we don't have the words, God does. We can reach back to those scriptures. We can read in the Psalms time where faithful people were hurting, where people that were seeking to be right in God's eyes were being abused and misused by others, and we can find ways to express ourselves that remain faithful, that stay holy, that do what God wants done. When that's our focus, when even in our worst moments, in our most painful situations, we're putting ourselves in God's hands, it'll have an impact, like it had an impact on that criminal, that recognized that he was receiving what he deserved and how he longed to be right with Jesus, to be remembered and brought into his presence in his kingdom. Like the centurion that was overseeing all of these proceedings as Jesus was crucified, yet recognized that as Jesus died on that cross, he didn't suffer like most people put on that cross did. 
He wasn't shouting down curses. He wasn't spitting on his captors. He showed a humility and a submissiveness, a mercy, a love that was uncharacteristic. And it convicted him. It showed him something different. It showed something different to all of those standing nearby and seeing it. Something that would be brought to light when Jesus would rise from the dead three days later. When his apostles would go around and start to proclaim that good news and people would be cut to the heart and their whole lives would change. But that's a devo for another time. For right now, what we learn from Jesus is Alan to commit ourselves into his hands. When we're hurting, to pray, to cover ourselves in scripture, to want God's will to be done even through our suffering, to trust that if we are seeking to faithfully do what God wants, even when what he wants, like forgiving those who wrong us, is hard, that through that effort, he will accomplish something that we'd never expect, that through that effort, he will bring relief and blessing to us, and he just might work through that to cut the hearts of those who've hurt us, to cause them to want change to lead them to be in a right relationship with him, and one day, even with us. This is the example that Jesus has left for us. Let's, like he did, commit ourselves into God's hands as we navigate the tough things that we go through.